Good morning and welcome to our Wednesday morning chapel. Uh, just a brief introduction to the hymn we'll be singing today at the front part of our chapel. Please open up inside of your bulletin for today and you'll see a hymn entitled, Of the Father's Love Begotten. If you look up in the top left corner, that always tells you who wrote the words, the text. And uh, this was written by a man named Aurelius Prudentius way back in the 300s. And uh, it's one of the oldest hymns in the hymn book. Um, the, uh, this was a time in the church when there were great questions about who exactly is this child? What child is this? Who is this child that's, that's uh, arrived? And there were questions about whether Jesus really was truly God from eternity. And there were a number of hymns that were written around this time, certainly as well as creeds, to, to hold on to that wonderful truth that Christ truly is the eternal uh, Son of God, God himself. And you'll see that reflected in this hymn. It's also been associated with children. It's a hymn that's often taught to children, and we'll hear that in our, in our uh, readings and things for today as well. So let's join in singing the first four verses.
Our scripture reading for our devotion today is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. You must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You may be seated as we continue with our hymn. Twenty years ago this month, I received a very desperate phone call from a mother asking me to come to the emergency room. And as I got there, they quickly sent me out to an ambulance um, that was in the parking lot waiting to go to Minneapolis. And um, uh, I jumped into the back of the ambulance and here was one of my members, a young girl, eight years old, a little girl who they had just discovered probably had a brain tumor. And turned out she did have a cancerous brain tumor that ultimately took her life uh, in less than two years. And um, the, uh, I had a brief devotion with her, jumped back out of the ambulance, and they took off. 
and for the next two years going up to visit her and things was really quite, a, quite an ordeal. Strong faith in this little child, just amazing faith in her Savior and strong confidence in him. Had been brought up faithfully by her parents to know Christ as her Savior. And her mom told me, in fact, that the night before they discovered she had this tumor, that the night before she had heard her daughter in her room that night singing the hymn to herself, Abide, O dearest Jesus. The, the blessings of having had Christian parents have made an eternal consequence for that young girl who now gets to sing God's praises with the angels in heaven. What a blessing it is to, to have mothers and fathers who love Christ and love his word and want to teach that to their children and pass this on. In the text in front of us that I read earlier, St. Paul is writing to this young pastor, Timothy, who's probably a little older than you. And he's been trained in the faith by his grandma and his mother. And he says, from childhood, the actual Greek word here, brephos, is the word for infancy. He says, from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. In the first chapter of this very letter to Timothy, he says this, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Paul knew the family well enough. He saw the connection of generations as to how the Christian faith had been passed on from grandma to daughter to son to this young man now who is uh, going off to be a pastor. And isn't it interesting, too, that the Holy Spirit decides to highlight and spotlight uh, these women and the role that they played as, as a grandmother and a parent in the life of this child as far as bringing the wonderful knowledge of Christ uh, to him. It'd be interesting to know exactly how they did it, how it took place in the home. Uh, how did this happen? Uh, what was the setup and the arrangement for how Timothy was instructed in the faith? Teaching your children to love their Savior and to love the Word of God is the most important thing you'll ever get to do in life if you're a parent. You know, the, the world has a lot of different ways to measure greatness, becoming a CEO and making a lot of money and driving a big car and having a great career and things like that. Not that those things in and of themselves are so bad. But if the Lord chooses to give you children, if he chooses to allow you to be in the role of a parent, you will perform no greater act before God from his, the perspective of his kingdom than, than the calling of bringing up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Martin Luther, in his large catechism, spends twice as much ink on the fourth commandment between parent and child than he does to any of the other commandments because this is such a crucial aspect for the life of the church for the passing on, the delicate passing on of the Christian faith to our children. He says this in the large catechism, God distinguishes father and mother above all other persons on earth and places them next to himself. So God would have you now, even before you're maybe planning to get married or anything, maybe some of you are, God would have you now train yourself in your in your young adulthood, train yourself to be a dinner table theologian. Dinner table theology is where the word of God is impressed upon the souls of children. 
dinner table theology where Christ is talked about and in your conversation is, is the wonderful way, the primary way that God would have the Christian faith passed on to the next generation. Yes, pastors and teachers are to be involved in it too. Christ instructs his apostles, feed my lambs. But if you really look at the exhortations in scriptures, it's on moms and dads, particularly dads. That's where God lays the weight of the responsibility of bringing up your children in the word of God so they can know who Christ is and what he's done for them and hold on to that. It's important for you to let your child be aware of how much you need Christ, how desperately you need a savior from your sin as well. When I was in seminary, there was an older pastor that came to speak to us once about a, a number of different subjects, and he made an interesting comment. He, I'll read it to you. This is what he said about being a parent. He said, lift up the rug of your life enough so your children know there is dirt under it, but don't show them the whole pile. <laughs> and what he meant by that is our kids, your children someday need to know that you are not a perfect person, that you are someone who wrestles and struggles with sin, as I do too. You don't need to tell them everything about your sin so that they go off and imitate them, but they need to know and understand enough about you that you really need a savior. I don't, it's hard for me to even remember things in my life where I saw my mom sinning. She was just a wonderful Christian woman. But I'll tell you this, I knew from how she talked at the dinner table and to us in our lives and how she loved her church and Christ, I knew that she needed a savior. I knew she must be sinful because of how much she appreciated the grace of God that had sent Christ into the world to forgive all of her sins and to pay for her entrance into heaven. Teaching the Christian faith in your home someday is really a twofold activity. First of all, it's actually instructing them in the word of God and teaching them to appreciate that word. But secondly, and maybe just as important, and that is modeling the life of the cross to your children. Modeling to your children how important it is to take the sacrament for the forgiveness of your sins. Modeling to your children how important the word of God is guiding you in your life. When I went up to finally see that young girl in her hospital room up in Minneapolis, she had a large window in her room, and her Christian day school classmates, these are third graders now, had taken the picture window from their church and had it blown up and made into little sheets of paper, and each one had colored it, and then they had reassembled it on her hospital window. And when I came walking into her, her room that day, I was struck with this beautiful image of the sun coming through her hospital bedroom window. And uh, here is the image of Christ with the little children. That very Savior that says to you and to me as parents, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. May God bless you if he grants you the vocation of being a parent someday in his grace. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the gift of children. We also thank and praise you for the gift of your holy word, by which you bring us to the manger of your Son, uh, the Christ child, our Savior. Uh, 
stir up our hearts as your believers to see the significance and importance of bringing up our children to know you and bless these efforts in your name. We ask it all in the name of Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Now may the God of your baptism, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs>